Now, we're going to jump into a new collection of talks uh, entitled, I'm Relational. So do me a favor. Uh, raise your hand if you're relational. Anyone relational? All right, we got, we got a few, right? Uh, and so here, let me, let me just hop in. Here's the definition of relational. Concerning the way in which two or more people or things are connected. So guess what, everybody? You're relational. All right, give it yourself a, hand of a, a round of applause. No, you didn't raise your hand. I'm sorry, but you're also relational. You're relational, you're right? Relational. Introverts and extroverts, you That's are right. relational. I'm the extrovert, by the way. I didn't know if you knew that. And, uh, but turn to your neighbor and say, you're relational. You're, you're relational. relational. You're relational. You know, right. being relational is all about connection and how we relate to others in relationship. We have to recognize that we have an interconnected nature. Like God created you with an interconnected nature. Now, some of y'all are thinking, no, 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 no. I want to run parallel to people, right? I want my relationships to be parallel, not interconnected. We, we, we don't want the spaghetti bowl, right? We want it a nice, clean, maybe side, or maybe some of you are like, no, wait, wayside over there. Um, but we are interconnected people. That's right. And hear me, your relationships are important. Relationship with yourself relationship with others, mm -hmm. and relationship with God. So hear me, if you grew up in church, you may have heard of a relationship order spoken by your pastor or by, your, by a teacher here at church. Um, and the, the old order was, or maybe the taught order, was God was first. Amen? We agree with that. But then you were taught that the relationship order from God went to then your spouse, if you're married, mm -hmm. then to your family, your children, your family, and then to your church. But I find it fascinating that it was never mentioned your relationship with yourself mm -hmm. is not in that order. And so I don't know if generations before just assumed you were going to have a relationship with yourself, but how many of you would honestly say, no one taught me how to have a relationship with me? Mm -hmm. By raise of hands, right. right? That's real. It wasn't taught. Mm -hmm. It was not taught that, guess what? Your relationship with God is important. Your relationship with others is important. Yeah. But also the relationship that you have with yourself yeah. is extremely important. And so the goal of this collection of talks, and I'm so excited about this series, I'm Relational. The goal is, is that we want to be relationally well. Because you can't ignore the fact that you are relational. But yeah. why don't we get relationally well, amen? Amen. So that's why we have like a living room set up today. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna be doing this for most of this collection. Uh, because yeah. we just want, ha we want to have a conversation. And uh, I don't know if you like the yelling preaching, but I might do that as much as like, I'm going to preach, all right? Uh, but we really want to resource every single person in this room. How many know the Bible's relational? Yes. Uh, everything that Jesus did was relational. I mean, they were even like, why aren't you at the pulpit, Jesus? He was, he was more with the crowds and with individuals than, than he was in a, in the, in a pulpit uh, type scenario. Yes, he had the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, he had all those different things, but he was a relational Savior. That's right. And I love this because there is a, sometimes we, I believe sometimes we get so focused on the small picture, like yeah. the small details of things. Sometimes we, we get stuck there instead of looking at the overall right. picture. And so when Jesus came, Jesus said, guys, you're missing the big yeah. picture. And so we're going to look at scriptures real quick. So I encourage you, take notes. We're going to be diving into this thing. Uh, it's going to be super fun. And we're leading up into Easter. How many excited for Easter? Yeah. April, April 8th, April, April 9th, 9th, April 9th, April 9th. I should know, huh? April 9th. <laughs> I'm like, Easter's coming, you know, uh, April 9th. And we're going to be doing all kinds of things that our host is going to talk about. But when Jesus said, you're missing the, the, you're missing the big picture, what he was really saying was small picture is the action. Right. 
And when he came into this planet, a lot of us were like, we, there's things we have to do. And, and there's, uh, we, we have to make sure we, we, we check mark all the things I'm supposed to do so that I can make it, so that I can be whatever it is that they want it to be. But Jesus said the big picture is the heart. Yeah. It's your motives. And so let's turn to Matthew chapter 25, uh, 22, excuse me. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the religious people, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher. What is the greatest commandment of the law? Now, there was hundreds and hundreds of commandments that they right. were following. Not just 10, but the, how many now? Man kept adding more, right? Yeah. And so we had all these different commandments. And they're saying, okay, Jesus, what's the best ones to follow? So I'm good to go. And Jesus said, I'm going to make a new one. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So with your heart, your, your, your heart, your soul, and your mind. So Jesus said, the big picture is loving God with all your heart. Yeah. Heart is where it matters. Heart is where it begins. And so many times we want behavioral modification, which is a small picture, but God wants heart transformation. Amen. And so he says, with all your heart, and the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So by those two commandments, he was covering all the yeah. commandments, yeah. all the rules, all the guidelines. Right. And we believe Jesus wants this for us today. Well, I would even say that just in that scripture, you see your relationship with God, you receive your relationship with others, and you see your relationship with yourself. Yep. How can I love others the way that I love myself That's if right. I don't even know how to love or appreciate myself? Amen. Yeah. And so here's the small picture yeah. was a checklist to follow. Yeah. But the big picture was a deep love for God and for people. Amen. You're in a marriage relationship, even a dating relationship. I cannot fully love my wife until I fully love my Savior because Jesus changes me. He doesn't, I don't go, Lord, change her, all right? Change her, Jesus. No, it is about God change my heart. You want to change me? No, ma'am, you're good. (laughs) Perfect. My mom told you, no, take backs or exchanges. (laughs) She's like God, she changes not. Matthew 26. That's good, huh? 11, th- 11 o'clock won't get it, you know. Matthew 26. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with that alabaster flask of yeah. expensive ointment or perfume. She poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant. They were angry. They were upset. They did this disciples, right? And they said, why this waste? This could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble her? For she has done a beautiful thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And so Jesus going, guys, that's a small picture. But you know what the big picture is? She's actually anointing me for the cross. Right. That they believed, theologians believed when he was on the cross, as they were nailing those nails into his, into his, into his hands and his feet, they said, there's a sweet aroma. Right. What is that aroma? What is that? And so Jesus was saying, the small picture was, how much does it cost? But the big picture is, there's a greater value than money. That's right. There's That's a reason right. why we do what we do. There's a reason why we give. There's a reason why we're generous. There's a reason why, uh, you know, and I could keep going on. Right. But I want you to know that with this, that there are small pictures and there's big pictures yeah. in the gospel. But also we want to take this. To, so how does this translate for me today? We know the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today. Yeah. But what we want to talk about is the small 
pictures and big pictures right? in relationships. Because this applies to relationships. We get caught up on the small things. How many times have you fought over dishes in the sink yeah. or the laundry right next to the basket Preach. and not in the basket? We often get caught up in the small about. details. No, I do that at home actually. Yeah, yeah. But we get caught up in the small details and we lose the sight of the bigger picture. And so yeah. I really want to get, we're going to talk about some small picture, big pictures yeah. in, in relationships. And I'd like to get the ugly one out of the way first. Is that all right? Have you ever had a situation like good news or bad news? I'm the girl like, just tell me the bad news first yeah. and then we'll go to the good news. And so I want to get the hard one. Has, have you ever had a moment where you heard of someone that you know or know of mm-hmm. and their spouse cheated on them or their boyfriend or girlfriend cheated on them? Yeah. Or maybe you've heard, oh, wow, they're getting a divorce. Or can you believe this person did this or made this decision or threw away their hopes and their dreams for this relationship? How could they be so silly to get involved with them? Has anyone ever, ever heard that? Now, often when we hear those things, sometimes our reaction is, oh, that'll never happen to me. Yeah. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. That is actually small picture thinking. I want to talk to you about I would never do that mm-hmm. or that would never happen to me. When the big picture, the reality of being relational is that we are all one decision away Mm -hmm. from some degree of betrayal or pain. Anybody in the room, myself included, Jeremy included, all of us are just one decision away from some degree of betrayal Mm -hmm. or pain. See, I want us to go to John chapter 13. And this is between Jesus and and Simon Peter. And Simon Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. He's preparing them that he's going to the cross. But Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. But Jesus answered, will you lay your life down for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, Peter's like, no way. I would die for you. I love you. I'm going where you're going. You can't tell me I'm not going where you're going. We are like this, Jesus. But what happened? He denied Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. See, betrayal in a relationship, sometimes we think that's just an extramarital affair. But it's more than that. Mm -hmm. Betrayal is in a personal relationship. It refers to the violation. Let's go ahead and put that up. The violation of your trust by someone close to you. Jesus had his 12 disciples, but then Jesus had his three. And Peter was in that close, intimate circle. But often, friends, we could find ourselves betraying God, thinking, maybe we said, man, I would never do that, Lord. I promise, I've done this. Lord, if you would just do this, God, I will never do that again, right? Lord, if you bless me or if you heal me or or if you you fix this thing wrong in my life, I promise you I'll never go back to that lifestyle again. Mm -hmm. Friends, I've done that. I've prayed that. And so betrayal really can be any type of betraying God. Friends, betraying yourself. Sometimes we get so frustrated because we betrayed ourselves. We betray others. Peter loved Jesus, and yet Peter betrayed Jesus. See, close proximity to Jesus didn't stop Peter from betraying him. Mm -hmm. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. No one knew him like Peter. Mm -hmm. No one got the hours alone with him like Peter. No one walked this face of the earth as close to Jesus as Peter, and yet Peter betrayed him. See, what Peter needed was he needed safeguards. 
from betrayal. That's right. You know, like, small, small picture is, that would never happen to me. I would never do that. Right. And sometimes in that small picture, and we've seen it time and time again in ministry and, and individuals failing or, you know, adultery or whatever it is. And a lot of times we look at them and the small picture is, I'll never do that or how dare they. And, and you know what they did and all these different things. But the big picture is we're all one decision away. Right. We're all one mistake away. And when you have that kind of big picture thinking, you know what happens? A little bit more grace. Right. You know, it's not, it is not, uh, um, I condone it. But it's simply saying, my goodness, I need some safeguards right. in my life. Uh, we even watched a video this week of a pastor yeah. uh, that, that, that committed adultery, sexual immorality. And he had an apology video. And it's just a constant reminder of, man, that, that, that big picture. We're all one step away. And so what do we do? We have to have safeguards. And so here's right. the definition of safeguard. Safeguard is to protect from harm or damage with an appropriate measure. Amen. And I love that appropriate measure. Sometimes we get a little crazy, right? We're like, yeah. ah, you know. <laughs> and, and how many remember Boundaries last year? Boundaries series yeah, so last good. year. Make sure you watch that if you're having some boundary issues, all right? Mm -hmm. If people are infringing on your property lines, I want you to watch the entire collection of talks right. on, on, on our YouTube channel. But I want to talk about safeguards because safeguards is, is protection from harm or, or, or damage yeah. with appropriate measure. And so really what safeguards is we, we, we safeguard what we value. That's right. Right, I, I, my house, I have a lock on my front door. Anyone else have a lock on their front door? Front door? Uh, I do that because I value my home. Nobody else has a lock on their front door. Get their addresses, honey, now. And, uh, because I've, I safeguard, I have, I have, I have other things uh, that safeguard my home. How many of them I'm talking about? Alarm system, you know. But I want you to ask this today. If you want to have big picture thinking, uh, you know what, it could happen to me. I want you to have, I want you to ask the question today, what is valuable to me? That's right. What is valuable to me? What do I want to protect? Right. Is your marriage valuable right. to you? A lot of times, and we can get deep into it, but a lot of times there's adultery because we don't value the one we're with. Right. A lot of times, that, and like I said, we can go so much deeper into that, but on the surface level, uh, we, we just don't value the person we're with. Um, the grass is greener over there, whatever it is. Uh, but also, what do I want to protect? And so Lindsay and I, we have safeguards in our own marriage. Right. I have safeguards in my own life. But not only do I have safeguards, I have guards in my life. Amen. Uh, accountability. People I talk to. People I go, yo, I'm, 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 I'm tired. Yo, I'm hurting. Yo, I'm lonely. Halt. Angry. Uh, hangry. Hangry? Hungry, angry, lonely, Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Right. Then I know I can't make decisions. I need to make sure my safeguards are up. And so what's valuable right. to you? And I want you to think about that today. What, what do you want to protect? But also, the second part is, and sometimes we have this, but the problem is people still infringe on our boundaries and our safeguards because we don't vocalize them. And so how do I vocalize my safeguards? How do I say, oh my goodness, this is about to happen? Or, oh my goodness, you know, the Bible says that no temptation has ceased except what is common to man. But God is faithful. There's right. always a way out. Right. But what's the way out? Uh, does it just magically appear? I believe the way out happens in advance. Right. And so I want you to write this down. I got to prepare in advance, but there's three things I want us to really consider today. Yeah. And this is all Bible. This is all scripture. It's the script, the calendar, and the I statements. Yeah, that's right. The script, the calendar, and the I statements. And the first one is the script. Script is what are you going to say if the opportunity comes? Yeah. What are you going to say if you're mad at your spouse and you go to work and something cute comes along and flirts with you? 
what are you going to say? What are you going to do? So we have to have a script in advance. Right. Uh, we, we have to know what we're going to say. Or we, even, even say that if you're single, right? And you've been praying and you are believing yeah. um, for that God's got someone special for you. But in that waiting, you're getting a little bit impatient. And someone decent, right? Doesn't meet all the criteria, but eh, one third. Just enough. Just enough. That's also, how are you going to safeguard yourself to say, no, I'm worthy, I'm valuable, I'm believing. Is this God's best for my life? And so these scripts are conversations that we're having with ourselves ahead of time so that when that opportunity comes, I have something prepared to say to me, come on, first me, and then to them. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, I love it, but missionary dating doesn't work as well, you know? <laughs> and uh, let's date and go to church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but I have seen missionary friendships work out well. Yes. Um, and I just want to encourage you. You know, someone says, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm trying to, you know, read our room here. You know, we just had child dedications, but Avenue Kiss is a great place to go during the I'm Relational series. Can I get an amen, <laughs> yeah. everybody? But maybe someone wants to um, be intimate with you or to have sex with you. Right. What's your script? And if you don't have a script, then you have to go back to the question is, what do I value? Do I value my body? Do I value my purity? Maybe even someone took it away at one point and you're going, oh no, I I believe that God purifies us, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, that you say, you know what, whatever, whatever happened, whatever took place, and there's there's counseling, there's things like that. But we say, I still value my body. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you have to ask those questions. What do I value? So script what you're going to say if the opportunity comes. But also, too, the next one is calendar. Your time reveals what you value. Your time reveals what you value. And so in advance, we have to calendar things. I calendar my time with, with Jesus. Yeah. I calendar my time with the Holy Spirit. I, I read it in devotional. I, I, can I tell you the truth too? I read my Bible and that's great. I read a chapter. I read, the, I read through the Bible once every year. Last year I did it in 30 days and you know, things like that. And I love reading my word. I love God's word. But a lot of times the devotional has been super helpful. Right. In different seasons in my life, I'm just going, all right, I read it. I've been there, done that. But a devotional gives me a different perspective. And so I calendar those things. If you value your, your spouse, then we go on dates. We, we date as much as we can. I can't, we can't afford it. The park's free, everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, There's just things that we can do to, uh, to be able to have uh, our values right. placed on the calendar. Well, if you value connections, schedule time with people who you enjoy being with. This right. isn't, remember, relationship isn't just a romantic relationship. This is relationship with families, relationship yeah. with friends, relationship in the workplace. And so all these things that we're teaching can be applied to any arena, single, dating, um, married, widowed, anything. That's right. right. So put it on the calendar, you know. For me, even too, I need need relationships. I need friendships. So I love calendaring coffee hangouts with individuals. I love talk. I love hanging out. Like at Avenue Church, we're, we're just, we're, we're very touchable. We're like, we're not untouchable. There's no yeah. green room, you know, like the, yeah. I don't have a car out there about to whiz me away. We love meeting with individuals. I love hearing your story. Yeah. And for me, I'm an extrovert. So when we have coffee for an hour, I'm like, I'm ready to go uh, for the next week uh, because I know that's something that I value and that's something that supercharges me. But the next one is I statements. Now we got to wrestle with this and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about I statements next week. That's right. Because part two of I'm relational is relational conflict. Yeah. Come on, everybody. We're, we're going to teach you how to, how to fight. use those boxing gloves. 
That's right. And so make sure you're back next week. Online audience coming to the house next week. Because we're are we gonna have a boxing ring and gloves? Depends on how Saturday okay, maybe goes. Not. All right. So next week we're gonna talk about how to fight. And it's okay to fight. Yeah. It's okay to have right. holy disagreements. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about those I statements next week. Right. But in Genesis chapter 30, uh, 39, right. Joseph was well-built and handsome. He looked like Pastor Jeremy. Glory to God. <laughs> amen. Wow. <laughs> he was in his 20s. <laughs> the Bible's good. And, af- <laughs> and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph, right. and she said, come to bed with me, but he refused. And I want you to know, this happened every single day. Right. It didn't happen once. It happened every single day. The temptation was there every single day. And he said, my master has withheld nothing from me except you, because right. you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing? and sin against God. Mm-hmm. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or to even be with her. And so what was Joseph's safeguard? It was his relationship with God. That's right. It was his relationship with God, right. but also it was his integrity. Yeah. It was his integrity. I love God. I would never do that. But I also, because I love God, I love my master. Yeah. I love my boss. I love the guy in charge. I'm not going to do that, you know, to, yeah. to hurt him. He's entrusted me with this. And so that was his safeguard. Yeah. I think that's so good. It's so good. Well, let's talk about another one, maybe a little bit one, another small picture versus big picture is this person is not fulfilling my needs. Uh, that's a small picture. That's right. And if, probably all of us have been guilty of saying, well, you're this person, this relationship, this friendship, this co-working, this is just not meeting my needs. <laughs> but the big picture is, can I identify my needs? Yeah. And have I brought them before God? Can I, as a human being, identify my needs? Or am I just looking for another individual to shoulder the responsibility of fulfilling and meeting all of my needs? Because friends, that is small picture. Big picture is that God created you so wonderfully that number one, he wants to meet a lot of these needs, but also you are very sufficient on your own. And so I want to share a couple things about this. To be relationally well, is to be able to verbalize what you need. That's right. To be able to say it, to not just throw a fit, to not just give a cold shoulder, but to actually be able to say, this is what I need, mm-hmm. and this is how I see it being accomplished. Yeah. So this is the deal. Um, I love this because David shows this in it. To be relationally well, right, you can verbalize it. And I immediately thought of David because David does a lot of verbalizing in the Bible. And his verbalizing isn't always glory to God. Sundays are my favorite day. Like, yes, I've got my Jesus face on and I came to church. His stuff is painful, you guys. Two thirds of his writings are lamenting. They're complaining. They're frustrating. And so in Psalm 143, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I want to highlight some things that show you that David was very aware of his circumstances. He was very aware of who he was. He had a great relationship with himself and with the Lord, and he was able to vocalize his needs to Jesus. And so here's a couple things he said. He said, my enemy has chased me. My enemy has knocked me to the ground, and it forces me to live in darkness like those in a grave. So there's a circumstance enemies coming. So in my circumstance, what is my need? What am I experiencing? He says, I am losing hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, come quickly, Lord, and answer me for my depression deepens. 
Friends, can I tell you, we never have to be afraid or embarrassed to tell the Lord that I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling hopeless, Lord. I'm paralyzed with fear. He goes on to say, I'm trusting you. He's leaning on that relationship, but I need you. What is my need? I need you to show me where to walk. I need you to rescue me from my enemies, verse 9. Verse 10, I need you to teach me to do your will. I need your spirit to lead me forward, verse 10. And it says, bring me out of this distress. So what was David's need? David needed to get out of what he was in. Period, point blank. He needed escape. He was crushing under the pressure of his circumstances. To describe your life and your situation as a grave, he was being enveloped under that pressure. And so before we ever speak our needs, friends, we need to be able to see it. We need to be able to see our needs. And hear me, I believe there's a deficit in us because no one taught us to see our needs. We're told, do as I say, right? Do as I say, not as I do. Or handle it. Or you don't get to know why. We're raised in a situation to keep our heads down, be obedient, move forward, not really self-reflect. We dream of the day when I get to be the boss. And I, I mean, my son just said that to us the other day. I can't wait till I'm 18. I'm like, well, it's going to take a little bit longer than 18, son. Yeah, yeah. Pay my bills. Yep. Okay, I can't wait to be in charge, and I get to be in charge, and I get to have the authority, and I get to say. Yeah. Well, friends, even if you have the authority, do you have the emotional capacity to say what you really needed to be able to see it and do something about it? That's right. So maybe you have the authority, but are you equipped to do something no. with that authority? And so I want to ask you, how do I identify my needs? Right? That's a great question. How do I identify my needs? Now, I love resources, right? Because some of our needs are connection, physical well-being. Maybe you grew up in school and you learned Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? This is just an, an expression of these. So connection. We need to feel like we belong, whether it's in a people group, a faith. We have to belong. Physical well-being. You need food. You yep. need water. You need shelter. You need clothing. We need honesty, friends. Yes. We need transparency. We need play. Maybe some of you are not enjoying life because you're not doing anything enjoyable. It's all work and there's no joy. There's no no fun. Mm -hmm. Peace. Peace. Does life seem chaotic? Is there no order? Maybe your need is peace and you need order. There's freedom in Christ, friends. Uh, I know that culture likes to say autonomy, but for me, it's freedom in Jesus. My identity is in Christ and in him. I'm not being some pretend version of Lindsay. I am finding out to the truest form who God created me to be. He's peeling off layers. He's giving me freedom. I now have freedom in Christ. And what about meaning? Do you know, number the number one thing we, we hear from people is, I don't know what to do with my life. What's my purpose? We've got to have meaning. And so those are just some needs that we can learn how to verbalize to somebody else. In our marriage, I do not expect Jeremy to read my mind. Thank God. Thank God. I can barely rely on him hearing what I say. I can't ask him to read my mind. (laughs) And so really, with with, with our situation, being married to a fast talker, a fast talker being married to a hearing-impaired individual— We've had to work very hard on communication. But I've had to express to him, hey, I'm feeling lonely. What I need is I'd love some quality time with you. Or Jeremy, you're working so much. Um, I think we need to do something fun together. But I can say that instead of, you work too much. And then give him a cold shoulder. And I'm not going to spend time with him anyways because now I'm mad at him for working too much instead of expressing my need. You see, one thing I think is so good is 
I may be feeling blank. So put this, screen, put this up on the screen, please. I may be feeling blank because a need is or is not being satisfied. That's right. So think of your emotions. We, we learned this a, a while ago that feelings are indicators, not dictators, right? But your feelings can show you that you're experiencing an emotion yeah. because a need is being met or a need is not being met. And so David, his need of, of feeling safety and security was not being met. And so he was experiencing emotions of fear, depression, yeah. mm-hmm. hopelessness. See what I'm saying? So you're looking at, we can look at these things and say, oh, that's so 2023. You just want me to like be friends with me. No, 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 no. This is scriptural. <laughs> this is biblical. Y'all, we cannot be spiritually mature believers. That's right. We can't have all Bible knowledge and have absolutely no emotional intelligence. We cannot do that. That's we good. will not succeed because you know what we'll end up doing? We'll be that's raising right. children who cannot speak for themselves and say what they're feeling, that's do right. appropriate things with what they're feeling and express what they're needs are. I don't know about you, but I want to raise a man. I don't want to raise a man child for the rest of his life. I want people to know their needs. Amen. He knows when he's 18, he's out. He's out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I say that because I want so much more for us, church. That's right. This is not a, dang it, I'm not where I need to be. No. This is a 10, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't spend time on this. Mm -mm. To, to, to talk about yourself, that, no, who had time for that, man? We, we, had a, we got driven. We got stuff to do. Suck it up. But your feelings are indicators, yep. right? And, and so. And I love, not to interrupt, but I love, mm-hmm. I love even the script, right? And so if you're hurting, angry, lonely, or tired, a lot of, a lot of times we get angry. We get angry, we get triggered. We want to say you, and right. you should. Should right. is always a shaming word. Right. And so you, what you should do, and you should be doing this, and you should... But for us to, to, to halt, to take a moment, yeah. and to write out the script, I may be feeling blank. I feel this. Here's the rough draft I'm telling myself. When you do these things, I feel like you are. And more often, we have the script wrong. We have the story wrong. And so this is the script that we write. But then we calendar some time to say, hey, we, I need a moment. Because a lot of times our timing's off. Right. And we'll do it in the worst possible moment, right before bedtime. It's 11 o'clock at night. I feel when you, and you have to make sure your calendar's yeah. right. And, and then the last thing is, and go ahead, here's yeah. the last one. The last one is this, is that we are expected, oh, to be relationally well, excuse me, is to know what you're responsible for mm-hmm. and who you are responsible to. That's right. Okay. We're responsible for our own feelings. We're responsible for our own emotions, right? Yeah. We're expected as, as, as mature people, we're expected to deal with our own feelings, our attitudes, That's our right. behaviors, as well as the responsibilities that God has given to each one of us, even though it takes effort. Yeah. So everything that we're going to be teaching on is in I'm Relational, it's going to take effort. We're not going to tell you that this is going to be easy work. God, anything, anything worthwhile is gonna be a little bit of a challenge, but it's worthwhile in our marriage to be able to not cast burdens on each other, to cast frustration and, and just anger or ill feelings towards one another, yeah. to be able to know what I'm responsible for and what I'm responsible to is huge. It's huge. In Philippians chapter four, I think really helps us to wrap this all up. Just don't worry about anything. It's to pray about everything. I think sometimes we take the, take the God who created us for relationship. It is not good for man to be alone. Right. You know, love God 
and love your people. Love your neighbor. And sometimes we put God on the back burner and we say, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. I'm my own. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. And I love this because tell God about it. Tell God what you need. There are many things in my life that my, my wife cannot fulfill. Right. And there's thousands of things in her life <laughs> that I cannot fulfill. <laughs> Amen. I don't so quite times, agree with the math. Hey, hey, but... <laughs> we're trying to be spiritual here. You know. <laughs> but when we put God on the back burner, we forget to do this. Right. Then we say, well, then I need that person. If I just find somebody, right. if I saw a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever it is, if I find that, right. and this is what Philippians says, tell God what you need right. and thank him for it. God, thank you it's coming. God, I thank you that you're preparing me in this season. God, I thank you that when I read your word, it's a reminder. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And in that journey, you're molding me and you're shaping me and you're doing the work in me. Then you experience God's peace, which will exceed anything we can understand. Peace that surpasses all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts. I am, I am the, I'm at my best self, my authentic self, my true self, right. when I have the peace of God in my life. Peace of God to make the right decisions. Peace of God to say the right things. The peace of God to put in those right safeguards right. in my heart and my mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So we, we want to give you a challenge today. And man, it's going to be fun. We're going to be, we're going to be doing I'm Relational for several weeks. Then we're going to, we're going to do uh, Easter and then we're going to go right back into I'm Relational. Um, we believe this is incredibly important. But here's a challenge for this week. I challenge you to take the relational challenge yep. and that's to identify or create at least one safeguard. Just one. Identify or create at least one safeguard in your life. Pray about it. Ask God about it. I even just heard from somebody this week that the Holy Spirit revealed to her a safeguard that, that she didn't have up. Mm. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's, he's not just like, you know, I make you feel good and, and I'll, I'll make you feel bad. No, the Holy Spirit is going, my goodness, here's a safeguard we need to put up. Right. Not a wall, but simply, I call it a fence, yeah. you know, but a safeguard in your life. That this is the area of your weekend, let's put a safeguard up in your life. But verbalize your needs to God. God, I, I need this. And just allow Him to minister to you. Allow Him to speak to you. That's good. But also, verbalize your needs to a safe person. I didn't have it in my notes. But if you have safeguards, then you have some healthy guards in your life. Yeah. You have individuals in your life that you can trust. Not someone who will share your, 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 your one thing to one person at a time. That's gossip, right? But someone you know that is safe in your life. And for me, we were talking about this, right? And for me, I, I remember a season in our marriage, I was just unhappy, right? I was just, I was just, just, ang- just not angry, but just, I just wasn't happy. It wasn't like, yay, and, you know, it's rainbows and, and sunshine. But I remember I had to spend time with the Holy Spirit. And I began to realize that I didn't know what I wanted or what I was missing. 
I didn't know what I wanted from, from my wife. I didn't know what I wanted from my son. I didn't know what I wanted from Jesus. Right. I had no idea. Because the problem was, is you just keep your head down and you keep going. Right. Keep working. Suck it up, buttercup. You're going to get out of that roller coaster. It's just going to happen. But I had to realize that I need to spend time with the Holy Spirit. And spend time with the Holy Spirit is I had to be quiet. I had to be still and know that He was God. But allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, Jeremy, sh shine light in areas of my life that I knew that I needed. And what I did is I created a space to identify and then to share. Yeah. And I really, I mean, like, I'm a preacher, y'all. I'll preach. But I had to script it out. Right. And you would be amazed, friends. You really think it's about the other people that the Holy Spirit's going to teach you about. It's about you. It's you. God says, no, I, I want to do some things and rearrange some things in your heart and in your life because joy is going to come out of my relationship with you. It's not going to just yeah. be dependent on the people in your life. So will you stand with me, please? I have one more for us today. And I hope you guys enjoyed um, just part one, part one of I'm relational. And man, we're going to get out of this series locked and loaded, ready right. with our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with individuals. But there's a small picture. A lot of us for our small picture is I could handle it. Right. Cute sermon. I got this. Right. right. You know, it's, it's all good. Maybe you're watching online. Right. Anissa, Nympha, Carolyn, Troy, La family, Alicia. Maybe you're saying, I got this. But you yes, asked the small picture. The big picture is we are all in need of a Savior. That's right. We're all in need of Jesus. But there are areas in our life that God, think about this, God created us, fearfully and wonderfully made us. He knows exactly the parts that only He can fulfill. Right. And we try to run out there and try to find it in people and things in certain goals, financial goals, you know, individuals, career, promotions. What's funny is we'll sacrifice many things. We'll sacrifice relationship that we deeply care about. We'll sacrifice our relationship with Jesus to find fulfillment out there where only Jesus can, can fulfill Amen. in here. So with every head, body, of eye closed, I just want to pray with you today. And I just want to say, dear Jesus, we thank you. Father, thank you that you're a relational God. Father, thank you that you created us and you want the relationship just like with Adam where you would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of day. That you would spend time with us like you spoke to David or to Moses, to all the greats in the Bible. But Father, you want to spend time with us and you want to know us because you want us to know you. But Father, I thank you that we're in our mother's womb, you knew us. So Father, I pray you begin to restore that relationship. And maybe we're in this room today and maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe even today you had a realization that man, I've been trying to do things on my own. I've been kicking and screaming, I've been stepping on and I've been doing whatever I could to be happy, to be fulfilled. Uh, Pastor, I got it. I got that house, I got that pension, I got that promotion, whatever it is. But I began to realize I still wasn't happy. That's because we are in need of a loving Savior. If you're in this room today, whether you're married, dating, engaged, single, whatever stage you're in, maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give him a try. 
May I want to give him my heart. I want to see, does, can he really fulfill me from the inside out? If that's you, am I going to embarrass you? Am I going to single you out? We don't do that here. But I just want you to just put a hand up. You can put it right back down if you want to. Yep, I see it. Hand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Just up. Come on. Yeah, I see a hand back there. Anyone else? Just put it up. You can put it right back down if you want to. That's a lot of hands, friends. Awesome. And that's people giving awesome. their life to Jesus today. We serve a relational and loving God. So everyone, let's pray a prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. say thank you, thank you for paying for what I did. For paying for what I did. Say thank you, thank you for dying on the cross. For dying on the cross. Say I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Say be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. I realize today, I realize today only you can fulfill me. Only you can fulfill me. So the best way I know how, best way I know how I'm going to live for you. Because I now know, I now know who, I who I am. I'm saved. I'm, saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, get God a shout today.